This is LEC Online Church in Perry, Ohio. We exist to love God and love people. For more information about our church or ministry activities, please visit LakeErieChurch.com. Now here's today's message. We're, we're in the middle of this series that we have been calling Dangerous Prayers. We started out several weeks ago talking about the fact that God wants us to pray dangerous prayers. Prayers that push beyond the, the normal and that press in and force us to make for commitments to Christ. We talked about sometimes how lame our prayers are. The, you know, the bless this, do this kind of thing. And instead of that, we talked about the fact that God wants us to go deeper with our prayers. And yet all of us, myself included, we all struggle with how we pray. We, we don't often know what we're supposed to do. We want to pray, but we don't, we're not comfortable. It's kind of like the little boy one time that toward the end of the evening, he was going upstairs. His mother said, now be, be sure that you say your prayers. And so he went upstairs the next morning when he came down for breakfast. She said to him, did you remember to say your prayers last night? He said, well, kind of. I got down on my knees and I started praying. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep, and I got to thinking, you know, God must be royally tired of hearing me pray the same prayer every night. So I just decided to tell the Lord the story of the three little bears. We don't always know how to talk to God. And yet God wants us to be able to talk to Him. And in this series, we've been talking about the, the idea that we want to think about what we're saying, why we're saying it, and we want to be intentional and very deliberate. A.W. Tozier said one time, he was a pastor of the Christian Missionary Alliance Church, and he one time said this, it is doubtful whether God can bless a man greatly until he has hurt him deeply. This morning we have come to challenge our presumption that God's design is to make us famous, wealthy, or successful. In fact, too much time and effort has been wasted on trying to make Christianity a pathway to earthly achievement. God's call to each of us is to die to ourselves, to give up control, and allow God to work in our life. Now, the problem with that is that there is so often this inner resistance inside of us to that call that must be conquered. We have a tendency to want to be self-promoted, self-anointed. We make a lot of ourselves. Think Facebook, think Instagram. We want people to notice us because we are afraid that we will live our whole life and it will not have mattered. That no one will have noticed. We long to be notable. In his great book, The Power of a Human Life, Richard Simmons III writes, fundamentally, each of us are haunted by a deep fear that don't really matter. The human heart fears being so unimportant and worthless in the eyes of other people that our lives don't matter to the people that are around us. We all worry about what people think about us. I'm going to give you this truth. They're not thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about you. 
And yet we're consumed making sure that people know who we are. That people know that we exist. That people know that we are important. And for that reason, this dangerous prayer today challenges all of us. It is the prayer, God, break me. God, break me. Now remember that we define the dangerous prayer as a prayer of death to ourselves. A surrender that all a surrender of all that we have planned and a sincere, authentic desire for God's will to be done in the matter. So let's read from Psalms 51, verse 16 and 17. I'll ask you to stand, if you would, one more time for the reading of God's word. Psalms 51, 16. You do not desire a sacrifice, or I would offer you one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice that you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart. Oh God. Look at that last verse one more time. The sacrifice that you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, oh God. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your right hand and place it over your heart. And lift your other hand to the Lord in some fashion or other. And I want you to pray that God will help you to receive the word of the Lord today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that the word of the Lord will be strong and that I will receive it. I pray, Lord, that you will speak to my heart the things that you want me to hear today and that you will be glorified in my life. Help me, God, to pray the way that you want me to pray. Be at work in me today, God, to accomplish your will and your purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, and you may be seated. What we have been trying to do for several weeks is to understand how God wants us to pray and the kind of praying that is most effective. We all, for the most part, I'm sure, have a conviction that prayer matters and that prayer is important to our Christian life. And like I said before, we struggle. So I was thinking about this and I wondered, and on my page I wrote the words, why do I struggle? with prayer and I think there's two things number one we make prayer too spiritual now you might think that 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 sounds crazy but we make prayer too spiritual what I mean by that is that we don't it doesn't have an authenticity about it it doesn't have a tenderness it doesn't communicate the way that we communicate with every other person that we know. You know, like sometimes we pray in a different tone of voice when we talk to God. You ever notice that? Some people are screamers when they pray. People, they have a different, you know, they kind of drop it down into a lower gear. Our Heavenly Father. We used to have a man in my dad's church, he only prayed in the King James language. 
these and thou's and dust and you know those kind of things and and I, I used to wonder wonder if God just looks at that and come on man just be real with me just be authentic tell me what's in your heart you don't have to be so spiritual with your you can be genuine and authentic with God and he loves that when there is a warmth and a tenderness to the expression that you have with God, that gets God's attention. That's the reason that we struggle. We assume that there is, in fact, a perfect prayer, and we don't know how to pray it. We think that we have to pray perfect prayers. And I think that on some level, we think that our praying is supposed to impress God. That God's supposed to look at our prayer experience and go, wow. Because of the things that we're saying or doing or whatever. But we don't. We don't have to impress God. He's not wanting you to impress Him. In fact, the Bible says something very simple. It says before you pray, He already knows what you need. You don't have to, you know, you're not catching God up on what's been going on. I used to think that. When I was younger, I used to think that God needed me to catch him up on what was going on in my life. He already knows. And so I can be real with God. I can say, this is hurting me. This is bothering me. I'm afraid. I'm anxious. And God understands that. And he accepts that authentic, real language that we offer him in prayer. I want to show you a passage. I think it will be on the screen for you. So you can follow it. But it's a great story in Luke chapter 18 beginning with verse 9. Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee. The other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and this prayer. I thank you God that I am not like other people. Cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance. Dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow and said, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. Then Jesus says, I tell you, this sinner... Not the Pharisee returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. What's the point? The point is that God simply wants you to be yourself. You're not going to fool God. You're not going to pull anything over on Him. Just be honest with Him and give Him a surrendered life. Allow him to understand that you are completely and totally his. And he will receive that in your heart and your life. Because God, God needs to break us. Remember Tozer's quote. Before God can bless you greatly, he must hurt you deeply. You and I have to be broken. Now we should not fear the phrase, the phrase breaking as if we are somehow Threatened by God because that's not the essence here. Rather, it is the posture that we are real before God. We are sincere and authentic in who we are. Notice the things that David said in the passage. 
And remember what Jesus just said in that story. God is not impressed by your performance of faith. He is not impressed by your performance. You know, there will be a judgment one of these days. And we're going to stand before God. And some of us are going to say to God, well, I went to church every day, every Sunday. I gave money to the United Way. I worked in the food kitchen. And God's going to say, so what? So what? Your good deeds don't impress God. What God is after is the condition of your heart. <coughs> Why did you go to church on Sunday? Why did you volunteer at the soup kitchen? Why did you paint Sunday school rooms at, at Lake Erie? See, God's not looking for your performance He's not asking you to act like a Christian. He's asking you to be a Christian. It is the condition of your heart that matters most to God. And that's what David said is a broken spirit. So what is a broken spirit? We possess a broken spirit when we are willing to do anything and everything that God asks of us without resistance or resentment. David said the sacrifice that you desire is a broken spirit. God, break us. See, God's not interested in sacrifices that don't mean anything to you. Now, don't get upset. But it's like taking a coat that you won't wear and giving it to somebody. And then acting like you've done something noble. No, you just emptied your garbage. See, God, that doesn't impress God. It's like, you know, saying, okay, God, I'm going to throw a couple of dollars in the offering bucket just so it'll look like I'm doing something. God's not impressed with that. He'd rather keep $2, go buy a slushy with it. It's if it's your heart, the condition of your heart. Why did you give the money? Why did you donate? Why did you get involved with the ministry? Because God wants is a spirit that is broken that says, God, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to be, that's what I'm willing to do. Not my will. Remember that from the first week? That's the dangerous prayer. Not my will, but thy will be done. And I'm telling you, that's a hard prayer to pray. That's a hard prayer to pray. I remember when I was in the youth group and our youth pastor was trying to get us to pray that prayer. And I was afraid to pray that prayer because I didn't want to go to Africa. So I'll just hold back and say, anything on this side of the Atlantic, I'm yours. But the broken spirit says, God, whatever you want. Now listen. That's the problem for some of you this morning. And I say this with sincerity and humility because that's what divides the room. Because the truth be told, some of you don't want God that way. 
You want God to be a comfortable, feel-good, religious experience. You don't want a faith that challenges you to give up what you love in order that you may be completely His. And that's why God has to break us. He has to break us. Remember last week, uh, yeah, last week I guess it was, week before last I should say, we ended the message talking about the story of the rich young ruler. He walks up to Jesus and he says to Jesus, what do I need to do, in essence, to go to heaven? And Jesus said, well, you need to keep all the commandments. He said, I've done that since I was a little boy. And Jesus said, there's just one more thing that you lack. Take all your possessions, sell them, and give the money to the poor. The Bible said he walked away sorrowful because he had abundance of riches. Now, some people would read that story and think, well, Jesus is dogging on people who have money. No, he's not. Jesus doesn't care about your money, doesn't need your money. He just doesn't want your money to change your heart. He doesn't want the money to change you. And that story is not about money. It's about what are you willing to do to have all of God in your life? How much would you be willing to give to have the kind of relationship with God that would be so transformative that you would be everything God wanted you to be? And that divides the room. Because there are some of us here that don't want that. We want just enough of God to make us feel good. We want just enough of God to make us feel like that we are religious. But God wants more. God calls you to more. And he says to you, I want to break you, not because I want to hurt you. Remember that Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know what I'm planning for you, says the Lord. I have good plans for you, not plans to hurt you. I want to give you hope and a future. And so to get there, God has to break you. If you've been coming here very long, you know I try to be very transparent, maybe overly so sometimes. But I want you to know that just like you, I'm trying to be a believer. I'm trying to serve the Lord with my whole heart. I'm trying to walk out my faith every day. And so I wrote these down. So the things that I'm working through in my own life. And I do this just to help you understand that if you connect with any of these, then you and I are brothers and sisters. God, break me from judging people by a standard that I would not accept for myself. Because that kind of pride will prevent the anointing of God in my life. God, break me from that kind of judging spirit that imposes on my brother or my neighbor what I would not even accept for myself. God, break me from always wanting my way. Don't ask Shelly if I'm selfish. It's too long of a conversation. But selfishness is a hindrance to a right relationship with God. You see, God can't break you. 
if you're holding on so tightly to things that you will not give up. God wanting you to release what's in your hands so that he can put more blessings in your hands. If you live in an attitude that you've got to garner and, and, and accumulate, that your life is defined by what you own, what you need, what you want, you're going to live a miserable life. Because Jesus said that your life does not consist of the abundance of things that you possess. You're not defined by the car you, you drive. You're not defined by the job you have. You're not defined by the amount of money in your bank account. Your life is defined by what, by what you are before God. Who He sees you to be. What He wants for your life. So God break me from being selfish and wanting my own way. Lord break me from the temptation to perform or to put on a show of faith so people will like me. You know I used to tell students all the time when I was youth leader I used to tell them your friends are not trying to get you to smoke because they want you to smoke. They're trying to get you to smoke so that you will not stand out while they smoke. And there is a tendency, even in the church, to just put on the show, just perform what it is, to make it look like that we're just like everybody else. But God doesn't require that of you. You don't have to perform for him. You can be real. Sometimes when you come to church, you know, you may have the impression that I just come to church every Sunday on cloud nine. No, I don't. You know, some days I come to church dragging bottom, if you're saying this. And Jerome's up there going, come on, church, let's praise the Lord. I want to go boom. I don't always feel like jumping up and down. I don't always feel like spinning like a, a top. It's okay to not have a good day. At least I hope so. But why do we feel like we have to perform? Why do we feel like we have to put it on? Listen, we fought with our family all the way to church this morning. And when we came through the door and Brother John Masaccio said, how are you doing? We went, fine. Now look, I'm not saying you got to walk through the door and go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to whip my kids when I get them home tonight. No. But you can just be honest and you don't have to put on for the Lord. You don't have to put on for the church. Lord, break me. Because if I get insecure to the point that I feel like I need to make you like me, then I am really trying to steal God's glory. You hear me? I'm trying to get you to notice me, not him. And what I'm called to do in this world is to make people, to make the name of Jesus famous. Not mine. I'm not going to be here forever. 
Jesus is going to be here forever. I don't have the hope for your life, but Jesus has the hope for your life. I don't have the answers for your marriage, but Jesus has the hope and the answers for your marriage. Let's make Jesus famous. Let's make it about Jesus at Lake Erie Church. Let's let him be glorified by everything that we do. Come on, let's clap our hands for the Lord. That's good. That's good. Break me from a transactional relationship with God. What do I mean by that? I mean, we're not careful. We will make our relationship with God completely transactional. We will read our Bible. We will go to church. We will give our offerings, but we will always do it because we're afraid if we don't, God will be mad at us. And so therefore, our, our relationship is transactional. I do this for you, you do this for me. The problem with a transactional relationship with Christ is that it becomes realistic, uh, ritualistic. It ends up being a list of do's and don'ts, a checklist of things that you have to do. Listen, read your Bible every day. But don't do it because you're afraid God will get angry. Because he's not going to get angry if you don't read your Bible. You should read your Bible. Pray every day. But God's not up there in heaven checking off the list going, she read her Bible. She prayed. No, that's not what he's doing. He's not doing that to you. And don't do that to yourself. Don't live under the pressure that at any moment God's just going to strike you. It's not that way. Some of you may be old enough to remember we used to sing a little song in our kids program called uh, uh, this was called Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Anybody remember that song? It went something like this. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. Wee little man was he. Climbed up in the sycamore tree. You have to do the motions too. Sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. As he passed by that way, he looked up in the tree. And he said, I don't know how you did it in our church. This is the way we did it. And he said, Zacchaeus, you come down from that tree. And I grew up all of my life thinking that's how God was. Bill Isaacs, you better obey my word. You better do what I tell you to do. You better read your Bible. You better go to church. And I had this image of God as if he were some angry tyrant. Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you feel that way too. But God's not that way. He's not that way at all. God loves you. And he loves you so supremely. And that's why he gave you grace and mercy. So that you could be redeemed from all the things that are messed up in you. He provided a way so that you could be everything that he wants you to be. Now there will be a judgment. But it's not today. And you don't have to live in fear that God is upset with you or angry with you. That God is disappointed in what you have become. And I know we all wrestle with that, don't we? We all struggle with that because we have 
a desire to be pleasing, but we know that we are so fallible. And that's where grace comes from. Grace, God's helping me to be the person that he wants me to be. You see, God wants more for you than where you are now. I don't, I don't care where you are now. God wants more for you. He wants a deeper relationship with you. He wants a closer relationship with you. He wants to help you. He wants to bless you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to support you. He wants you to feel peace. He doesn't want you to live in anxiety and stress. He wants you to feel peace. He doesn't want you to be in places of loneliness. He wants to offer you hope and encouragement. He wants so much more for you. And I just want to leave you with this because it's worth saying again, even though I've said it several different times, God doesn't want your stuff. He's not trying to get something from you. He wants something for you. God's not trying to barter with you for life and, 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 and happiness. He's promising you that if you will trust in Him and you will obey Him and serve Him, that He will bless you. So, don't bring your service and don't bring your gifts and don't bring your time and don't bring your talent and don't be, bring your treasure until your heart's right. That's what David was trying to say. He said, if it's a sacrifice that you want, you don't want that. You don't want a burnt offering. I, I could do that. What you really want is for my heart to be tender and broken and open to you. So how do we do that? Come on, Pastor Jerome. The first step is to acknowledge that there are places in our hearts that need God's work. I know we have a number of guests with us today and you don't know me very well. But I genuinely believe in people. I genuinely believe in human beings and and I'm far more trusting probably than some of those who are around me believe that I should be. But here's what I absolutely know in my heart. That you have to be honest with God and say to God, this is who I am. Just two weeks ago, we talked about the danger of prayer of saying, search me, O God, and know my heart. Point out anything that you see in that that is offensive to you. Lead me to a path of everlasting life. That's the starting point. So no matter where you're from or how you came in this morning, I genuinely believe that God wanted you to hear this so that you would know that no matter where you go tomorrow, you are covered by the love of God. You are surrounded by the grace and mercy of God. And God loves you. And there's nothing that you will ever be able to do in your lifetime to change that. 
You'll never be drunk enough. You'll never be high enough. You'll never sleep with enough people. You will never be able to do anything that's going to stop God from loving you. He will always love you. But He will always chase you for more. Because His confidence in you, His belief in be His desire for the potential that is resident within you. Some of you have potential that has never been tapped because you've never given God the opportunity to explore it. You need to be on this stage with your musical abilities and talents, but you're afraid. Or you've allowed other things to distract you. Some of you have the ability to play instruments and you you don't ever play in church because you're afraid. But God wants you to get past that. Some of you need to volunteer and serve in places of ministry because you'll find fulfillment and you'll bless the kingdom of God. But you're afraid. God doesn't want you to do that. So you start by saying, God, this is who I am. This is where I'm afraid. This is where I need help. This is what I need you to do in me. You know what I promise you? I promise you God already has a plan for helping you. Because he's been wanting to help you for a long time. He's just waiting on your heart to be in a place where you'll open up and say, Okay, God, let's try it your way. Some of you listening to me today have never been born. Maybe you have walked away from God and you are not serving the Lord the way that you should be serving you picked up things in your life and, and you're now walking in a path that is away from God I want to encourage you let's start today let's get back on track let's not worry about where we've been let's talk about where we're going we pray a very simple prayer almost every Sunday morning here at Lake Erie. And that prayer is built around this concept that there is a God who loves us and wants to forgive us and wants to make us clean and whole. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done with your life. When we pray this prayer with you in a few moments, if you pray it sincerely, if you pray it from your heart and you mean it, God will hear and God will forgive. Thank you for listening. Lake Erie Church is a multicultural Pentecostal church located in Perry, Ohio, about 30 minutes east of Cleveland. We would love to have you for a visit sometime. For more information or to connect with our team, please visit lakeeriechurch.com.